Hello and welcome back to the WP Elevation Business Podcast. I'm Ray Miladoni, the Marketing Manager here at WP Elevation. Over the last few years, we've been producing this podcast and we're always delivering new, fresh guests and ideas. But we kind of got thinking the other day, there's some really good golden nuggets deep down in the archives. So to bring them back to the top, we're doing a best of series. This is the WP Elevation Business Podcast, The Best Of. You're going to rehear some of the guests that have come on the podcast that the information is just too good not to hear again. With lots of new subscribers, I'm not sure if everyone's digging down to the goal that's at the bottom of the barrel. And that's a shame because business principles that have been taught from many of the leaders on our podcast over the years is just oozing with information and waiting to be heard and implemented. So I really hope that you enjoy the fact that we've gone down into the analytic rabbit hole and crunched all the numbers and read all the comments and found the best of the WP Elevation Business Podcast. Now, this content can be dated. So some of the things that have been mentioned, while the principles are strong, there might be a competition or there might be a call to action that may no longer work. So just be mindful mindful of that if there's a reference to a link and that link doesn't work anymore. Well, that's enough from me. Back to the program and hope you enjoy. But be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're using. The best link to go to is wpelevation.com slash podcast and then follow the links to your podcatcher. Until next time, I'm Ray Mladoni. Go Elevate. G'day, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation and welcome to episode 77 of the WP Elevation podcast. Our feature guest this week is Remkes de Vries from the Netherlands. He's most uh, well known in the WordPress space as one of the organisers of WordCamp Europe and that's certainly how I became aware of him. He's very active on Twitter, you've probably seen his avatar uh, and he is CEO of his own web uh, dev, web design, WordPress agency. In fact, it is a WordPress agency. He's very clear about the fact and has been from day one that he's a WordPress specialist and has been since 2006. Um, there's lots of chatter in this interview about NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, and Mind Mapping. Um, there also was a little bit of chat about WordPress. Um, now, this week's episode, we are giving away a copy of Remkes's book that he's reading at the moment. Uh, he didn't write it, but it's a book he's reading at the moment called, I think it's called The Synchronicity Effect or The Synchronicity Key. I'm not sure. Sorry. Um, it's got nothing to do with WordPress, uh, and Remkes promises me it's way out there and is uh, a challenging read. But I'm hoping whoever wins it enjoys it. And in order to enter the competition, because I didn't announce this during the interview with Remkes, you need to leave a comment underneath this video and tell us what is your mantra or your affirmation? What is that little sentence and that little phrase that you say to yourself to keep yourself fresh when you're feeling tired in your business, when you're feeling like you need a bit of invigoration? Not necessarily an inspirational quote or a motivational thing, but what is that mantra or that, that affirmation that you tell yourself to keep yourself fresh and re-energized? Leave a comment underneath this video, which you'll find at wpelevation.com slash Remkus DeVries. That's R-E-M-K-U-S. D-E-V-R-I-E-S, and you could, uh, you will enter the draw and could possibly win a copy of that book. All right, um, it's a fascinating episode. We talk about going from small business clients to enterprise clients. There's lots of stuff in this episode about mindset. Stay with us. Let's elevate. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. The WP Elevation Business Podcast is brought to you by... Our members. That's right. This podcast wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for our members. So we want to take a moment to just thank them, past, future or present. We really do love what you have created as a community at WP Elevation. This is the reason why this podcast can be a free resource that we produce at a high quality, not only audio, but also video and able to syndicate that through the WordPress community. So if you've ever listened to a podcast and wondered how do we make this happen, well, it's because of our loving members and their support throughout the years. So we wanted to take this moment to thank you and make sure that you're appreciated and know that we would not be here if it wasn't for you and your support. So if you want to find out more about which members I'm talking about and what the program is all about, be sure to check out wpelevation.com. There's heaps of resources, checklists, podcasts, you name it. There's lots of resources there to help you elevate your business. Well, that's enough from me. And once again, from the deepest of our hearts, thank you for being part of our community. Back to the program. G'day, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation. And I'm very pleased to welcome to the podcast all the way from the Netherlands, Remkes de Vries. Hey, Remkes, how are you? Good, man. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for joining us. It's been a long time coming to get you on the podcast. And uh, I really appreciate you spending some time with us here. I need Thank to... You. I need to tell the story about when I first saw you in real life because I was very familiar with your Twitter 
uh, avatar. And the first yeah. time I saw you in real life was at WordCamp Europe. And you were one yeah. of the organizers. You were frantically running around organizing things. And I was just kind of hovering around looking for people I recognized. And I said to someone, oh, my God, look over there. That's a giant version of Remkus DeVries. It's like his Twitter avatar, but a really huge version until I actually met you. And I realized that you're really tall and larger than life, man. I, I keep telling people I'm the smallest in my family. But, hey, it's, uh, yeah, I'm 193 and I weigh uh, a little over 110. So I, I, I kind of stick out. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I thought it was like, it was like this Transformer robot version of your Twitter avatar. I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, so, hey, we're going to talk about all things WordPress and WordCamps and all that kind of fun stuff uh, in a moment. But uh, very quickly, competition this week, I'm giving away a copy of a book that Remkes is reading at the moment called The Synchronicity Key that has nothing to do with WordPress or code. Um, so stick around, but it's very interesting, I've been promised. So stick around for details on how you can enter that competition a little bit later on in the interview. And we just do that to hook you in to make sure you listen and, and watch, by the way. Uh, right, Remkes, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, you're not going to believe this one, but uh, I wanted to be a marine biologist. Ah, cool. Don't, I have no idea why. I had a, well, I, I kind of do, but not why that specific brand of biology is. My, uh, my uncle took me out to the forest a lot, uh, uh, not explaining the birds and the bees, but definitely the birds. <laughs> and I, I got to uh, learn a lot about nature and loved it and enjoyed it and thought, hey, this is me. Cool. So uh, did, 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 you ever, did you ever pursue that at all? Did you do any study in that field? or? No, I, I've obviously read, about, read a lot about uh, uh, a lot of different aspects of nature, let's call it that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it didn't, it didn't take as, hey, this is my future, this is what I want. But, you know, from age six to, uh, I would say, 11, I would say this is what I'm going to do. At, do you remember the first? Do you remember the first time you discovered the internet and thought, "Yes, hey, I did." There's, there's there's something in this. I can give you a date. Oh, really? February first, nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety six. That's early. That's like yeah. dial up dial up days. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was fourteen K four modem. Uh huh. For those who don't know what that was, you would actually have to call in. That's and right. Wait and hear funny noises. That's right. And then watch the screen unfold very, very, very slowly. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you, no, remember, have, do you remember the I first have, web page? Do you remember the first web page that you watched? Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably the first one were text-based primarily. Those were fairly quick. But I remember um, going to sites that had images and then you just, okay, yeah. I'll wake this one up. Yeah. You just wait for five minutes to, to have the page unfold. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Now, I've, I've, I lived in the uh, United States from 90 to 91, and uh, when I got back home here, uh, I stayed in contact with my exchange student family, and uh, I think I got a letter in late 95 saying, hey, I don't know if you know what the internet is, but I, there's email addresses, and you can send stuff electronically. If you ever get it, this is mine. Wow. I'm like, wait, what? What is that internet thing? So I kept looking, and at the time uh, there were two providers in the Netherlands, and I found the one and chalked up a lot of money to get a monthly subscription to almost nothing. But hey, <laughs> that's where I was. So uh, you got a, you got a handwritten letter. Someone wrote you with their email yeah. address. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, and uh, that was my in in that family that I, I stayed at. That was that was my uh, my brother. Right. Uh, and Matt just thought, you know, let's kick it into high gear. Awesome. Because, you know, we, we would send uh, snail mails back and forth. And, yeah. you know, you'd send them, you'd send it and you'd wait for three, four weeks. Yeah. And hope you get a reply. Yeah, yeah. Now this thing was instant. It was like, whoa, this yeah. is this is something. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's where my, um, yeah, my discovery started. Um, pretty quickly went into figuring out that, hey, this front page thing actually works. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> now I go like, whoa. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, that's where it started. We've all been there, man. You're amongst friends. It's okay. <laughs> did you instantly, did you, so for you, was it a pretty quick, like, was it instantly, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to use this to build a career and to build, build a business? 
No, no, because I was on a, on a very, very different path. Uh, I grew up in a family business of uh, my folks having a, a, a taxi company of uh, uh, over 60 people and having an auto body repair shop mm. for almost 20, 25 people. So there's 80, 85 people. That was my future. That was, I was, all the education I had done, that's what I was called. Wow. Um, and the and the internet was fun. It was just something on the side to do to play with, and it, you know it it, it got a, a, a decent hobby, but not even like you know I got, I got home finished with it. I got a no. It's just it's fun to do. At what point did you uh, did you start thinking that you could build a business out of it? Um, I think I started making money online in two thousand three, mm-hmm. building Mambo sites uh-huh. for friends. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I discovered that I figured it out quicker than most people. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, you know. And then, you know, that works. A friend of a friend asks, hey, could you build me that? Could you help me? And then a small business asks you. And then you, you kind of go like that. But that stayed on a very, very low frequency. Because that was next to my job at the time. I was a project leader for a large insurance company in the Netherlands, um, a project manager. Um, and I think it started in 2000, I think in 2005, I discovered WordPress. Mm. Now, WordPress was fun compared to Mambo and Joomla, because mm. I, I already done the switch from Mambo to Joomla. WordPress was fun. That was, you could do stuff with that. That was not, you didn't have to rack your brain like, how do I put the content where and how do I put the menu? Because I don't know if you remember how that worked in oh, Joomla. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. you were like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Why is this making sense? Because it's not. <laughs> Why is this particular piece of content reachable for five, six different URL structures? I don't understand here. Um, and, and, and WordPress was very straightforward. I was like, hey, I like this. So three months later, I had converted every single Mambo and Joomla client to a WordPress site. And that's where it you know, kicked into higher gear. Very quickly realized, hey, I can do more than play around with it. Have you seen over the last, uh, you know, what is that, like almost 10 years now, um, you would have, I mean, all of us, I think, have noticed a trend that in the early days, selling WordPress was, there was a bit of a process in, in terms of convincing the client that this was the right technology, whereas now the incoming inquiries are, hey, do you guys build WordPress websites? Has that been similar for you? Uh, yes and no. Um, Yes, I can see the trend changing, and with the let's let's put the eighty uh, twenty rule in here. I would say of the request, twenty percent of the requests were like, "Hey, can you?" More now than you know, five or seven years ago. Um, the only the, the no part is is that from day one that I started saying, "Hey, this is a business I'm I'm pursuing." Uh, from day one, I said, "I am WordPress, and I am WordPress only." So end of 2006, I was a WordPress specialist. I, I was one of the guys that had, at that time, built, I think, over, over 40 sites. Mm-hmm. So I, I really knew how to play with it. Now, I wouldn't call myself great, but I definitely knew more than most of my uh, uh, colleagues around me. Um, so what happened very quickly is that other colleagues started forwarding the more complicated questions to me but it would always be about WordPress. And that hasn't changed. Do you consider yourself a developer or more of a consultant? Um, I don't label myself in any way, to be honest. Um, I'm, I would say I'm one of those guys that is uh, very diverse in uh, skill set. Um, might even say, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what the actual phrase is, but master of none or something, something in front of that. Uh-huh. Jack of all uh, trades, master of none. Yeah. Um, I, I do think I master quite a few things, but it's, it's comparable in the sense that um, I would never call myself a developer, never would call myself a consultant, but I'm definitely a business owner. Um, if I have anything more than, um, uh, more prevalent than other stuff, then it's, then it's, yeah, it would have to be that. What's, um, how, when, when you meet someone for the first time, 
at a social gathering or a function and they say, hey, Remkes, what do you do? How do you describe what you do in, in one or two sentences? Do you have an elevator pitch? Sure. Uh, what I would say now is uh, um, I own a WordPress agency uh, together with uh, a partner, Dan Kottenbach, and uh, we focus on uh, uh, high-level uh, corporate and enterprise websites. And if they want to know more, I'll explain that we mainly or actually only work with WordPress and we, we pretty much start from the server setup all the way up whatever happens in the browser. So you, um, you do also define your target audience in that elevator pitch too. So you, you, you're pretty clear that you don't focus on mum and pop shops and small business, that you work with medium and enterprise clients. Correct. Now that's a switch we started uh, two or three years ago. Um, and unlike the US, the Dutch market is a little bit slow on uh, understanding that you can actually use it in enterprise environments. Um, and um, the more that we uh, put ourselves in the market like that, the more magical clients started coming our way looking for that. So it was, it was, it was right on time. How did you make that switch? How, like what, what practically, what did you do differently when you said to your business partner, we don't want to do the small business thing anymore, we want to go after larger clients. What, what changed in terms of your tactics? So one of my favorite quotes is the only investment no, what is it? I'm gonna scratch this one because I keep forgetting how to say it proper. The best investment. Uh, uh, it's Benjamin Franklin's. Um, I'll just paraphrase, but it basically says the the best um, uh, interest is always paid by investing in knowledge. Ah, and an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. That's the one. There you go. See. Like I said, jack of all trades. Can't even remember, <laughs> can't even remember my, uh, my personal quotes. Um, what that basically means is that from day one, I've always wanted to invest because that's how I work. I, I, I always look at a bigger picture. I always try to, okay, it's, this is nice, this is new, but how, where can I compare it to? How, do how does it relate to other stuff that I already know? Which I found very, very, very early on. I think it was nine or eight. I understood that the more I used that as a principle to learn the next thing, it made it easier to learn the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So instead of compartmentalizing every single thing that most people would see as something that is entirely separate of the other thing, uh, I pretty much learned how to extend one idea to a next idea and then keep going. And that's, that's what I kept doing. So in terms, of, in terms of, you know, what you blog about or the kind of events that you attend or the kind of um, leads that you try to capture, was there a shift in, in, the, in, the practical, in the practical application of that kind of mindset shift? Um, so I think it was more of a question of, because I, I, I worked as a project manager um, with knowing what um, uh, proper project management was. Uh, I don't know if you guys have what we have here, but we have a certification called PRINCE2. Mm -hmm. um, Agile, obviously. Mm -hmm. I knew that type of stuff before I got into the WordPress market. And for a long time, I couldn't use it. Because no client was going to say for a two, 3,000 euro website, like, yeah, let's have project management on this because we need it. Uh, but as clients grew bigger and projects grew bigger, uh, it got up to a stage that you needed to have something of a little bit more sense of what it entails to do a project, how to follow through, how to break it up, how to, you know, manage it. And uh, at, a, at, at that time that it became more prevalent, I um, started partnering up with uh, Don. And uh, Don has the same idea, but, but primarily from the, uh, the technical point of view. So where he started to invest a lot of knowledge into how to, how to set the projects up in a much better, much sounder way from an architecture point of view, from a software point of view, from, you know, let's, let's find the best solution, not just hack it away and there you go. Um, I did the same thing, but more on the business end. Um, and that kind of was a conscious decision. Um, but having said that, we still wanted to stay small for a very long time. I think it's only been 
18 months, yeah, close to two years now, that we constantly said, we want to grow now. But before that, we were like, let's just the two of us, and if we need some extra, we'll hire people, whatever. Um, yeah. And do you think um, you're one of the organizers of WordCamp and quite... Um you know, quite well, no, quite visible and quite, uh, what, yeah, WordCamp Europe and quite well known yeah. and quite visible in that space. Do you think that's helped attract some of those larger clients, having that profile and being so well known in the community? No, I don't think necessarily clients so much. Uh, well, I, I have had quite a few opportunities where, uh, um, uh, you know, um, other business owners in the WordPress environment uh, got projects, quotes, questions that were beyond their scope and they would refer it to me because A, I was visible, B, I would always say I can do it. I don't mean I can do it as in, yeah, let's throw it and we'll see how it goes, but more as in I'll explain them, okay, this is how we're going to handle it and you'll, you'll be fine to refer that client. Um, we did that pretty much from day one um, and I I have no way to measure if that had any influence of me being visible. I, I don't know that. I do know that when I started visiting WordCamps, um, a lot of people already knew who I was. I mean, I mean WordCamps, I, I, I co-organized 2009 WordCamp Netherlands and organized the 2010, 2012, and 15. Um, and I did see from 2010 specifically, uh, onwards, that the the more people that came online on Twitter uh, and following me uh, started asking me, "Hey, could you do you, you want to come to uh, our work camp? And, and there's a topic for you if you want it." And that's how I got invited to uh, uh, work camp Sevilla, uh, <clears throat> Transylvania. That was awesome. Mm. Um, uh, Norway. Um, you know, a, a lot of other opportunities that probably would have been a little bit more difficult to get into. Um, yeah, so I, I think it has it, it has had some benefits, but it's never been a conscious decision. Do you get do you get nervous about speaking at those kind of conferences? No. What, why, why is that? What, why is that? Because I, know, I, I, know, I know a lot of people, I speak to a lot of WordPress consultants who would love to get up and speak at a WordCamp, but the very thought of it just makes them shit their pants. Yeah, no, I, that's not me. Right. <laughs> um, I, I think for the most part is a I have a lot of experience. Before I was before I entered the, the WordPress uh, realm, mm. uh, in 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 public speaking, in 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 speaking from audiences from fifty to I think the largest was six hundred or something. Um, I've done a lot of training mm. uh, as a trainer, so mm. I would have. You know, I'd be in front of the classroom, kind of. So it'd be like 20 to 50 people um, on the sort of a mini stage. So that's, I had that experience. Um, but the most important one would actually be that I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> and, and every single consultant out there that can deliver a, a, a more than, you know, let's call this a, a relatively complex project out there, has had a lot of experience in diversity of what the entire project is. And if you ask him vis-a-vis, -vis, like we're doing now, uh, he's going to be able to explain to you perfectly what he did, what the challenges were, what the, what the lessons were. And to me, there's no difference whether I do that like this or if there's 800 people in the room. It doesn't matter. There's no difference. Mm. I think there's the only difference in the mind, but that, that's, that's an imaginary, imaginary one. I think the key distinction there is that you, you know what you're talking about. And so therefore it's very easy to present that to a group of people because you're not bullshitting your way through it. You're actually relying on evidence and experience. Right. So I think for, for the most part, people, if you're uncomfortable on a stage talking about what you're talking about, there's two things going on. You, A, don't have a lot of experience in it and haven't followed through that emotion in your body and don't know what it's going to do. Very logical, but that'll go away in, in if you know what you're talking about in, in a good five to ten minutes. And the other element is is if you are, and some people just are, uh, a little less secure about yourself, mm. and that's going to be magnified on the stage.
Mm. Doesn't matter how well you know the the, the topic is. That's but that's that's a whole different topic and area of what is actually going on. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with your skill sets. It's, it's got nothing to do with um, with your knowledge. It's just the little uh, voices in your head, right? <laughs> it is, and for some people, those are the very loud, big voices screaming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember when I first started going to conferences years ago. I would, and I, in fact, I was telling the story yesterday to someone. Um, I, I would go to a, con- I'd go to like a three-day conference, and we'd start at eight o'clock on the first day, and then at half past ten, and I'd be kind of freaking out because I'd be really intimidated by all these successful people in the room. This is prior to the WordPress space, and then like at ten thirty, there'd be morning tea, and I'd go up to my hotel room and convince myself I had to check some emails, and I'd spend like three hours in my hotel room checking emails because I was too scared to go back into the conference room because I was intimidated by all the successful yeah. business people in there. And it took me yeah. a while to, to get over that. Um, and I think one of the learnings for me was the more you do it, the easier it gets and the more you realize that everyone's a little bit awkward. Absolutely. Um, and, and some people are a little bit more than a little bit awkward. Um, <laughs> and that's fine too. I'm not judging that. It's just... Uh, we're all people and we're all doing the same thing when we wake, wake up and we're all doing the same thing right before we go to bed. So yeah, yeah. really, what are, we, what are we talking about? Yeah, that's great. It's great advice. Um, hey, just before I forget, Casper Hoovinger was the person who recommended that I get you on the podcast. Now, you were already on the list, but he said, I said to him, who do you think I should interview on the podcast? And he said, Remkus DeVries. So there you go. Thank you, Casper. That's why we're having this conversation right now. And I will make sure I send a link of this interview to Casper once it's done. Um, what's the one thing that keeps you awake at night about the business? Uh, I don't do that. <laughs> just, that's worrying about something that might not happen. That's that's a waste of energy. Oh man, how do you do that? How do you like? How do you just make a decision not to worry though? How do you just switch that off? I would say years and years of practice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, by nature, I tend to uh, analyze and keep thinking. Yeah, that's that's who I am. Uh-huh. So um, this me being up at what is it, almost uh, quarter to twelve? Uh, that's a rare exception. Uh-huh. I don't talk shop after eight o'clock. Period. Wow. I don't. Wow. Um, and I, I have to do that in, in order to protect myself. And if the, if I do, if I, I I need to account for some time to sleep in a little later because I'll fall asleep later. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's not necessarily worrying. That's just processing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Worrying is a waste of time. Mm. It's just, it just is. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't worry ever. Uh, but when I catch myself worrying, I try to find out why it is and what I am worrying about. And uh, if I can't figure it out, which I'll give it 10 minutes, I'll just go out of bed, yeah. do whatever I need to do to break that routine and yeah. go back to and um, uh, I, you know, either meditate or use self hypnosis, and that will work. Mm. So one odd fact about me that I, I, every, I drop every now and then is that what do people absolutely have no clue about what you do or what you can do? Is um, I am a certified hypnotist. So wow. what I actually would do is self hypnotize, wow. and it's not that difficult. It does. It sounds very ooh, but it's just a logical process of what happens when you fall asleep mm. or when you go into a zone or in a meditative state. Mm. And if you induce that on, on your own, then that's what you're doing. And if you do it well enough, you'll just fall asleep. <laughs> how did you discover how, how did you discover that um, how did you discover that, that hypnosis was something that you wanted to practice and get better at? I'm I'm curious as hell. Right. Awesome. So I just um, I think it was in 2003. My brother was going to Belgium to an NLP course. Ah, uh, yeah. And I was like, NLP, what's that? He was like, that's neuro-linguistic programming. And I'm like, you starting a program? And I'm like, no. Because he, he's good and he's great at a lot of stuff, but that's not his forte. And he goes like, no, no, it's different. It's different. It's, so I'll explain it to me. He goes like, well... You know how you, uh, when you have a great conversation and you really understand what the other guy says, and then you go like, but, yeah, yeah. So, but aren't you curious on what actually happens? What is what? What? Why 
does that connection actually work? I go, yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. And, you know, at the time I would say, you know, the other guy is just a great guy. And I am too. And we're open, we're honest, and there you go. And he goes, yeah, there's a little more to it. So I go, like, what do you mean there's a little more to it? And he's like, well, why don't you just go and do it yourself next year? And if you don't like it, I will come and apologize. But I, I guarantee you, you will like it. And what it is, it's, it breaks down communication into your neural senses mm. and your linguistic patterns. And it's just a discovery. You break up the language into what it actually is. Now, I'm a, I mean, we live in a visual world uh, every, every year, even more so. But in a visual world, I am extremely visual in the sense that every time I look for a word or look for a solution or, or try to find or match something, I will literally create little movies inside my head. That how, that's how it works. Mm. Now, when I really learn how that works, and when you understand that that's how you can communicate with the visual language, like I see what you're doing instead of I understand what you're doing, um, you know, it's a small difference. It says the same thing, but it's a, it, it does say if you see it, you actually will see it. Um, then it makes sense that if you're talking to people who are just feeling stuff instead of seeing stuff, you're not talking on the same level. Mm. Now, that made me extremely curious. And from that, I just discovered uh, Ericksonian hypnosis um, and loved it. It's just it's, it's a great discovery to learn about yourself in, in a way that you thought was just all automatic it's just normal just what's everybody doing right nlp gets a bit of a bad rap in in because of yeah because because i and i think it's because we've seen a lot of you know internet marketers over the years kind of yep. preach that nlp is the way and to have influence do. over masses of people they, yeah they pick up that one little thing yeah and they blow it up into hey this is what nlp is and it's yeah. not it's yeah. just that was my hesitant as well because you know when my brother explained it to me, I was like, "Let me let me Google this." Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, because 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 Google's right about everything, isn't it? You know, not necessarily, <laughs> but I know how to search. So, um, but my brother's like me; he has the same type of mindset, and um, there's, there's a lot. Of, I would say on eighty percent, we agree on stuff. So, yeah, there you go. Um. What do you do when you're not working and not hypnotizing yourself? Um, family, uh, uh, wife and three kids, and uh, I would say big chunk of time goes into that. Awesome. Uh, but next to that, I uh, I'm an extreme petrol head. I I love anything automobile, <laughs> really? particularly anything Mercedes and uh, Porsche related. Wow, that's an expensive hobby. It is, but you know. I'll, for now, I'm sticking to the Mercedes, and those are affordable. Right. We'll see what what happens later on. <laughs> uh, and I um, I'm I'm quite uh, enjoying myself in uh, strength training. Ah. So I do a lot of deadlifting, uh, um, squatting, funny stuff with iron. Yeah. Do you do the do you do the power ropes and the sandbag stuff? No, that's a more of a CrossFit type of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, do, I mainly focus on the big four, but, and that's bench pressing, squatting, uh, deadlift, and uh, uh, military press or uh, yep. whatever you call it. Yeah. That's, that's what I do. And just it's, it's because I sit on my ass all day yeah. and I do something physical. And yeah. this is pushing my boundaries every single time that I do it. And I, I do it three, three to four times a, a week. Yeah. And do you, do you find it's good to get out of your head and oh, into, your, into your body? I need to, yeah. 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 Um, if you could wave a magic wand and fix one thing about the WordPress business at the moment, what would it be? Well, the magic wand would probably be, uh, but that's a double-edged sword because it's gotten us where we are today. Uh, but that would be the huge chunk of the stuff inside of WordPress that is holding, that is holding us back. Mm. Um, I would say that with the coming of the, 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 the API, I would say that we're going to be able to let go of a lot of backwards compatibility stuff just because we have a beautiful API to interact with the data. Um, when, it just, when it's just about WordPress, then that would be my magic wand thing.
but having said that, we wouldn't be here if we didn't have it. Mm. Um, so, like I said, it's double edged. It, it's yeah. Do do you um do you uh, echo Noel Tok's sentiment that we're going to be seeing more WordPress built custom dashboards for certain verticals and certain industries because of what the API is going to allow us to do? <clears throat> no, I think. Well, yes, yes, I do. Uh, I agree with Noel, but I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. I think uh, I think we're going to be able to use WordPress as an absolute uh, CMS in which we don't necessarily have to work in. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot more um, options, let's call it that, to actually, um, uh, from from an editing point of view, all the way through to whatever that data goes, and that WordPress will for uh, for a lot of uh, uh, custom solutions will just be the hub where all the data resides. Mm. You can use a, a with the API. You can use an entirely different templating system with much more ease than you currently can. Um, so that whether that's the dashboard or the actual front end doesn't really matter. Um, you just have a new way of, of uh, displaying your data. And I think that's going to be an interesting uh, thing to see and watch. Um, I, would, I would actually say that if you were to look at what uh, Jetpack is doing, mm. now I'm not a 100% fan. I like some of the stuff that Jetpack does and some of the th things I go like, mm. um, and this is not me talking about bloat because that's whoever keeps preaching that is clearly done, hasn't done his homework. Um, but when you log on to WordPress.com now and you have that unified dashboard thing going on, I think that that's one of the examples of what is out there, what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that we start seeing a lot of standalone solutions in which you log into, see all your online real estate and control and manage it from there. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big future. Uh, I can imagine that from a, uh, from a business point of view, if you have 10 sites online, you know, uh, and you have a solution out there that will allow you to have one login and, you know, just click and choose, whatever. Uh, that's for a lot of companies, that's going to be a preference. And especially if you can, you know, bring that in up front and then make a talk with all their other APIs and stuff they've got going. You got, I think custom dashboards and custom stuff is, is, is just the tip of the iceberg in the sense that we'll, we'll see custom dashboards in all the different types of data you can get in there now. So at, at, at that point, it really does become an application development framework in the way that Ruby, yeah. Rails and Gems is just yeah, yeah. A, a way of storing data. But, you know, in terms of the, the, the user interface, you can do whatever you like. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Hey, tell me about mind mapping, just to take a bit of a left field. I've just, you know, been doing some research and you say that you're a fan of NLP and mind mapping. So what, what is it about... Like, do you use mind mapping just to get stuff out of your head in your personal life, or do you use it in projects with clients? What are the what are the main benefits that you found from mind mapping? Well, definitely the first one. Um, whatever. So it's just very simple. Uh, your conscious mind can only do seven things at the same time. Um, all the other stuff that you do is an automatic pilot. Now you can bring stuff from your conscious mind to your unconscious mind, so it's an so it becomes an automatic thing. Um, that's with one T, by the way. <laughs> but you can only, th that limit of seven is pretty much what it is. So if you keep a lot of stuff in your head, thinking and mulling it over, without getting it out of your head, then you're going to rely on your mental capabilities all the time. And, you know, if, if those seven processes are what your mental processes are, and, and you're not looking at the bigger picture of what you all do as a body, as a mind, as a, as a human being in the larger sense of, of all the processes that are going on. I mean, you don't need to think about taking a deep breath when you are, you know, uh, when you have a lack of uh, oxygen. It just happens. Um, it just makes sense that you clear your head when you need to focus. And I like focus. So whenever there's something mulling around in my head, if it's a small idea, a big idea, I just jot it down, and my preference of how I jot it down is a mind map, because the way it's structured, the way with the colors and how it works, it just makes it a little m more pleasant for me 
to see the larger picture. Mm. Do, you, and, do, you, uh, do you draw them on paper or do you, do you like, do you yeah. use like an, you, right, you, so you don't have a particular software tool that you like, you just... I do, I do. Uh, if, on, if it, the, the software tool that I use is XMind. XMind, uh -huh. Yeah. Um, it's, it's free. Mm. I don't know if it's actually open source or not, but it, it, it works the closest to what I like. Um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I'm a big fan. I actually done a lot of training in that as well. Do you use it with clients, with, with, with projects? Um, internally, but not towards the clients, no. Right. No. We use a project management tool, uh, an active call-up installation. Uh -huh. um, that would be our tool. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, um, and then for the record, when I say we, that's currently still Foresight Media. Um, I don't know if you've uh, heard the latest rumors, but we are partnering up, partnering up with CrowdFavorite. Oh, I didn't know so, that. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, the larger we, um, um, there's a, um, you know, I don't, I don't exactly know how we're going to do that and how to trans uh, tra uh, transfer into that. Um, but you can imagine there's going to be professional tools fitted to whatever client that we have. And, you know, some, some will just force you on Jira. Um, some will just use Basecamp and... We prefer to use Active Call-Up currently, but um, you know whatever tool you use is, uh, is 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 your choice. Just as long as you use a tool and get it out of your head, stop remembering everything. It doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't. You're gonna get stuff. You're right. Um, Active Collab is the name of that tool. I'm going to put a link in that in a link to that in the show notes. Um, just before we get into our elevation round, I need to ask, what is and I don't even know if I can pronounce this, Umo Universali. Uomo Universalis. Right. <laughs> um, it's, uh, literally, it's translated universal man. Um, oh. I, from, from day one, I have never wanted to be good at one thing. I've wanted to be good at a lot of things. Um, and that's driven me to do stuff that is way out there. Uh, from NLP uh, being an example, but also... Uh, even pursuing that further with uh, Ericksonian hypnosis. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be labeled or cornered into one area and just do that for the rest of my life. I've never done that and I never will. Um, and I'm lucky to be in a job and in, in a field that is constantly moving. Mm. I mean, you got a lot of work online. Oh, yeah. And with, it's just... It just does not stop when it comes to new innovations and stuff like that. And, I, and that's why I love it. That's why I can keep doing this mm. for, for many, many years. Mm. Uh, but I'm not saying I'm doing the same thing what I'm doing now in, in, in 15 years. Heck, I'll be 56 then, so who knows what's, yeah. <laughs> what's what then. Uh, but, so you, um, you were born in 73, right? I am 73. It's a good year, good isn't year. it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was a great year. <laughs> <laughs> what month? What month were you born? Uh, August, August thirteenth. Ah, I'm September four. So you're a you're a Leo, yeah. I'm a Leo. Uh huh. Um. So Omo Universalis is nothing other than me saying uh, I strive to be different in the sense that uh, I don't want to do this. Box yourself in. Gotcha. And a great example of one of them, I don't have a lot of heroes. I don't think I have one. Uh, but if, if there's somebody coming very, very close, it's, there's two people. One would be uh, Leonardo da Vinci, mm -hmm. who's the first Uomo Universalis. Mm -hmm. And the second would be Nikola Tesla. Because ah. we know him for the, the inventions and stuff, but he did way more than just that. Yeah. Way, way more. Yeah, I was listening to an episode of Tim Ferriss's podcast recently, and I can't remember who the guest was, but he was talking a lot about Tesla and talking about his. And there was a whole bunch of stuff that he'd done prior to yeah. the car that I didn't, I had no idea about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we should do our lightning round for those that don't know. WP Elevation is a business accelerator program for WordPress consultants. So right now, I'm going to ask Remkus a series of quick questions, and hopefully, he's going to give us a series of quick answers off the top of his head. Um, what is the number one thing any freelancer needs to know? How to sell himself. Very good answer. What is the best thing you've ever done to find new customers? 
uh, produce quality. Yes. It's an indirect one, but it's very direct when it matters. Absolutely. How do you stop competing on price? I don't start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great answer. I've actually never done that. Yeah. Um, it just, I, I, and this is probably because um, my folks uh, were very, very clear on how that works. You don't ever compete on price. Mm. You compete on quality. Yeah. You compete on skill set. You compete on knowledge, but you don't compete on price. Mm. Because if you're competing on price, it means you've got nothing else in the toolkit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, any tips on writing better proposals? Uh, don't overdo it. So that's assuming that you actually know how to write an elaborate proposal. Um, so if you don't write proposals currently other than, hey, this is my price and this is kind of what I'm doing, elaborate because that's too marginal. Uh, but don't, don't, don't write those 25, 30 page things that I've seen. Mm. That, I mean, it's fine if it's, if it's a large project that you end up with 10, 15 pages. I'm not saying that. I'm saying be very, very, very certain what you put in there is actually absolutely necessary. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it's basically you selling you instead of you listing what needs to be done. Mm. Good advice. Do you have a favorite tool or system for CRM? Um, primarily we use, uh, active collab, active collab. Um, what is the best way to keep a project and a client on track and avoid scope creep? Uh, understand what scope creep is. Uh, and that means you need to have it spec. That means you have to have an agreement on what is, uh, uh, you know, when it is creeping. Um, a lot of people find it difficult to say, Hey, uh, dear client, we're actually past what we said we were going to do. Um, do you, do you want to talk about this? But no, it needs to be a little bit more active and go like, Hey, I'd love to do that for you. But here, here look, 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 look at the options that we have. A lot of people are frightened of that conversation, aren't they? Yeah. But you already have a client. It's not, he's not going to run away. Yeah. Unless you don't have any relationship and you're afraid that whatever you do is not going to keep him with you. Yeah. Then you also need to wonder: Are you are you having the proper client? Is that a fit? I think I know the answer to this question. Any ideas for getting referrals from existing clients? Yeah, deliver what you say you're going to deliver. <laughs> <laughs> and final question in the elevation round: What is the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself? Um, think before you need to think. So mm. very. Uh, an example would be um, try to think of different scenarios how clients can come to you and try to have answers before they're actually there uh, instead of just you know running through the mill and going like okay next 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 request next request answer answer now let's let's project that a little further let's assume that you get a more difficult question that you can currently handle how are you going to handle that what is your position in that? Do you want to do that? Do you not want to do that? Do you want to hire? Do you want to grow? Do you want to stay small? Whatever. Good advice. Um, thank you for getting us through the elevation round. Um, just before we wrap up, uh, if anyone, I've, I've actually had some feedback recently on the podcast. I had a couple of guys reach out to me that said, uh, they said, you don't know how much of an impact your podcast has had on our WordPress consulting business. And Really, it's not me that's having the impact. It's all of our guests who are having the impact. So I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for spending some time with us and imparting your experience and your knowledge because sometimes we can kind of feel like we're just having these conversations with ourselves and it's not impacting anyone. But I can tell you and the rest of the community that these podcasts do actually have a great impact on many people around the world in the WordPress space. So it's quite humbling to know that we're, uh, we're reaching those people. Um, so having said that, where can people reach out and thank you for this interview, Remkis? Um, I would say Twitter would be the best. Uh... Cool. And you are, you are, what are you on Twitter? You are at? Yeah, DeFries, but it's, it's Dutch spelling. So D-E-F-R-I-E-S. There you at go. DeFries. At DeFries on Twitter. I'll make sure a link to that is in the show notes. Now, if you 
Uh, for those who are just listening, everything and the show notes and all the links about this podcast will be at wpelevation.com slash Devries, which is, we're spelling it R-E-M-K-U-S-D-E-V-R-I-E-S. And that's... If you, if you put the hyphen between the Remkes and the, the D-E and the V-R-I-S, then yes. We, we don't use any hyphens. It's all one word. No. <laughs> it's all just, it's all a mash of letters. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> They'll find it. We'll, uh, we'll link it out as well. Um, hey, finally, who would you like me to try and interview on the podcast and why? Uh, I hadn't thought about that. Is that in the list of questions? <laughs> <laughs> it's the last question on the, <laughs> on the PDF. <laughs> I see it now. Wow. Um, huh. Gosh, I, I I literally have not thought about that. Um, I'll tell you what, why don't you tweet me when you think of someone? You can... <laughs> I think I know uh, who I would want to... Uh, Daniel Koskinen. Daniel Koskinen. Yes. Okay. He is from Finland. Uh-huh. And... Um, Yeah, I think yeah, I think he'd make a fine guest. Um, cool. He also has an agency, and um, but but also a very different personality than my own. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he'd be a good guest. Nice. All right. Well, Daniel Koskinen from Finland. I'm going to come and get you for the podcast, courtesy of Remkes DeVries. So keep your eyes on your inbox. Remkes, thank you for spending some time with us very late in the evening where you are uh, on the podcast. I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to keeping in touch. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. Well, I hope you enjoyed getting to know Remkes DeVries as much as I did. Uh, remember, subscribe to the podcast at wpelevation.com slash subscribe, and we'll send you an email every Thursday morning with a link to the latest episode. You can also subscribe on iTunes if you're an iOS user. Um, and if you do subscribe on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review, please, because it really does help us come up in the search results and helps us reach a wider audience, and we really do appreciate it. If you're an Android user, well, I'm sorry, your life is so horrible. No, I'm kidding. If you're an Android user, then you can get on over to stitcher.com and subscribe at Stitcher Radio. And remember to leave your comment underneath this video and tell us your little mantra or your affirmation that you use to keep yourself fresh and invigorated in your business. Um, I hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as we are enjoying making it. Next week on the podcast, we have Amber Weinberg, who is a coder, writer, and a WordPresser from Nashville, Tennessee. So I'm looking forward to getting to know her and hearing her WordPress story. I hope you can join us next week. I'm Troy Dean. Until then, go elevate.